Thanks for tuning in. I'm Michael Watson, and this is the Influence Watch podcast. In this episode, Chicago Teachers Union members extend their strike, while UAW members continue striking as they vote on a proposed GM contract. The government secures a guilty plea from an operator of a deceptive scam pack, and the social welfare arm of George Soros's advocacy philanthropic network spends eye-popping amounts lobbying the federal government. Two of the big labor stories from last week continue into this week. The Chicago Teachers Union's ongoing strike against Chicago public schools canceled classes for a sixth day on Thursday the 24th, while United Auto Workers members continue striking as they vote on the proposed deal with General Motors that was announced last week. The Chicago teacher strike continues, despite the union and the school district reaching agreement on a reported 80 outstanding issues. Mayor Lori Lightfoot has already offered the union a substantial 16% pay rise over five years. The union demands 15% over three. But as Teachers Union Observer Mike Antonucci has noted, the union's interest may be less about pay and more about increasing membership and dues collections. The union's demands include substantial increases in support staff, support staff who would be eligible for dues-paying membership in the Chicago Teachers Union. Meanwhile, United Auto Workers members at General Motors remain on strike as they vote on the proposed contract announced last week. The votes will be cast through Friday, with results announced Friday evening. Early polling stations have given ratification and an end to the strike a slight advantage, but a rejection remains possible with some larger plants voting late. But even if the UAW can get the GM deal ratified, trouble remains on the horizon. The ongoing corruption scandal deepened on Wednesday when Jeffrey Peterzak, a former aide to ex-UAW Vice President Joe Ashton, pleaded guilty to offenses related to his involvement in a kickback scheme involving contracts for UAW-branded watches and jackets. Peterzak was also co-director of the UAW-GM Union Management Training Center. The corruption scandal left its mark on the proposed GM deal by shuttering the training center. Federal government secured a guilty plea from longtime Republican political operative Scott McKenzie this week for offenses related to his operation of a handful of so-called scam packs that prey on small-dollar donors by indicating in fundraising materials that they intend to support candidates and political causes, but instead recycle the money into entities benefiting the operators of the pack. So what is a scam pack? In a report for Capital Research Center titled Caveat Donator, I outlined the problem as such. The message is loud, aggressive, and simple. Defend the president. Others call for impeachment now or claim to draft a challenger to face down a hated rival, especially one within the same party. But while solicitations for political contributions often bear the names of prominent politicians, political parties, or issue campaigns, they sometimes mask the fact that they are, in fact, a sophisticated scam, raising money from small-dollar donors not to use for political advocacy or to support campaigns, but to instead funnel money back into consulting firms tied to the PAC's officers. One conservative political lawyer described the particularly disruptive scam pack efforts aimed at conservatives as, quote, a form of pyramid scheme that transferred tens of millions of dollars from rural, poorer Southerners and Midwesterners to bi-coastal political operatives. McKenzie joins his former colleague, Kelly Rogers, in admitting guilt for offenses related to the operation of such entities as Conservative Strike Force, Conservative Majority Fund, and Tea Party Majority Fund, among other PACs. Former Virginia Attorney General and current Trump administration official Ken Cuccinelli had sued Conservative Strike Force PAC for its use of his name and misleading promises to support his unsuccessful 2013 gubernatorial campaign. The PAC had falsely claimed that it would pay for, quote, phone banks, get-out-the-vote programs, mailings, and rallies as part of the largest get-out-the-vote plan in Virginia history. Per Cuccinelli's filing, the PAC had conducted no such activities. 
My colleague Martin Wooster wrote a report on another element of the scam PAC scheme involving the conservative majority fund's telemarketing and issued the wise caution to be skeptical about all cold calls made by telemarketers. It is much safer to be proactive and find organizations that support the causes you believe in rather than giving to potentially dishonest telemarketers. And both my colleague and I have this advice for would-be small-dollar advocacy donors. Donors looking to support ideals and ideologies or the development of policies for the future are better off donating to well-established nonprofit organizations. And finally, the Washington Free Beacon reports that the Open Society Policy Center, the lobbying arm of the Open Society Advocacy Philanthropies funded and operated by George Soros and his family, has spent in excess of $70 million lobbying the federal government since 2017. $70 million sounds like a lot, and it is. But how much of a lot is it? In 2018, Open Society Policy Center spent $31.5 million lobbying the federal government making it the third largest lobbying spender in the Open Secrets database, compiled by the Center for Responsive Politics that year. That level of spending puts Open Society Policy Center in a rarefied era of superspenders, alongside pharma, major defense contractors like Boeing and Northrop Grumman, and tech giants like Amazon and Alphabet. In the first three quarters of 2019, Open Society Policy Center spent over $24 million lobbying. How does that stack up to major multi-issue conservative groups? Americans for Prosperity, the lobbying arm of the Koch network, spent less than half a million dollars. And before liberals say their only lobbyists work for Open Society Policy Center, that means Americans for Prosperity spent less year-to-date lobbying than the AFL-CIO spent in each quarter of the year so far. Heritage Action for America, lobbying arm of the Heritage Foundation think tank, also spent less than half a million. FreedomWorks, a conservative advocacy group, spent $3.8 million which is still less than 20% of what Open Society Policy Center spent lobbying. In short, Open Society Policy Center is an unusual force, a multi-issue, purely ideological lobbying entity with a size to rival pharma or major corporations. And before liberals get all, but corporations are all conservative, serious, you guys, recall that businesses typically lobby for their perceived monetary interests, which can include bigger government or business-aligned social progressivism. That's our show for this week. If you're listening to this on YouTube, we encourage you to subscribe on iTunes or Stitcher. And if you have subscribed, thank you. And please leave us a five-star rating. We'll see you next week.